says that we are God's workmanship, that we're in essence his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a, a Picasso, you know? But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there. Mold me into the image of your son so that I can be your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, you just said the prayer, so here I am. That's how it works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you're God, then make it snow in here. You know, if I made it snow in here, it'd get kind of yucky, and I really don't want to do that. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15:9 say? Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. I gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <laughs> yep, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. okay. All right. Hey, yeah. um, what's this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Here we go. Step okay. right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I take out all the things in your life that aren't out of me, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of that, could you chisel right in here? I just can't get rid of it. I mean, the other went away, but this, I mean, I've tried exercising, I've watched what I ate, I even did Pilates for a while, that was awkward. But if you could chisel, all I mean, right- Can I talk or can I chisel, talk, chisel, talk, chisel, No, talk, no, no, chisel. no, chisel. All right, most of my children just like to talk. Not me, bring on the chisel. Here we go. All right. You have a lot of anger. Ow. Some pride. Ow. Compare yourself to others instead of me. Ow. You're lazy. <clears throat> but you pretend like you're really, really busy. Ow. You have a problem with lust. Okay. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> I do not have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um. Maybe, maybe we can take a little time out. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Here we go. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people get uncomfortable around me, you know? I mean, even my friends at church, they're all like, oh, you're holier than thou, why won't you do that, you know? I mean, so what you're doing right now is you rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. I did not say that. That's what you meant. Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm just saying, you've done good work. Maybe we take a little break, a little time out, then we'll come back to right? it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control. No, no, chisel. chisel. Here we go. No, can, can we chisel where I want that? That's called control. Okay. You've been holding on to this for a long time. You ready for this? Yeah. It hurts. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain, I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. 
and expecting different results. And there are the things in your life, you even think back to high school that you've been doing that do not work in your life, but you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting, whenever you're angry, whenever you're lonely and tired, but they do not work. No, no, okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe your we could. Not my thoughts. Oh, okay, but if we went another way, your we could. Could... are not my ways. Okay, well, look, I can't be good. You can't be good. I've made you good. Be good. Uh, uh, what? Nothing. What is it? No, you wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, God, I've let you down so many times. No, you were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand, and don't you forget that in this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. All right. But just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there, because I know who's inside there. God, I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and it is this, this scared little kid who gets up every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult, but I can't. So just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that are not of me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't make junk. What does that say about me? How can I show you that my love for you has no boundaries? I know, reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. God. Yes? I was just saying, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. You know what? It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's, it's more it's... than a name. It's more than a saying. It's more than a bad habit. It's a name above all names. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? This is a page from, from a journal I had when I was younger. How'd you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie Holland. Other side. Sorry. I married her. I was there. Oh, oh yeah. Dear God, today I am turning everything over to you. I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. Your word says that you will make me your masterpiece and use me to do great things. I don't see how it's possible, but I want that with all that I am. So please do whatever it takes to make me what you want. I love you, God. I love you too, Tommy. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold, don't let it be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And don't compare yourself to someone else because that is just trivial nonsense. You are my original masterpiece. You are one of my workmanship and you I find favor. This, don't look at this as a prison, but look at this as a, 
A father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, it'll be tough. But you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you said yes to me. It's not how it works. I want you to do something. I want you to look up there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy. No, 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 no. The way you see yourself or you yearn so much for others to see you. The way I see you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. So are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. If you remember last week, we talked about disciple-making and mission from the book of Matthew as Jesus was sharing a couple of last words with his disciples. And last night, we talked about God has something better for us. God doesn't want us to settle down for the second best, but instead God wants us to settle for the ultimate best that God has for us. And this morning, we are going to talk about how God's, God makes his workmanship or his masterpiece. As we saw that from the video, as that is so fresh in our minds, I just want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Scripture says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which, prepared, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In another version it says in NLT, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Masterpiece is an artist's or a craftsman's best piece of work. You know, as the craftsman works on a piece of rock to make something of his own interest, we are in the same way in the hands of God as God makes us into his own image. A craftsman, once upon a time, he went to hew or cut a rock, piece of rock, and he brought that piece of rock into his craft room or a craft station so that he can work on it. And he brought it into his craft station and he washed it thoroughly to remove all the dirt which was found on the rock and he started working on the piece of rock. Then he chiseled it, he chiseled the shapeless rock piece into an object of his own desire or his own choice. And this morning we are just going to spend a few moments in the presence of God in the light of what we saw just now and in the light of the word of God according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. How he brought the piece of rock 
into his workstation and how he started working on that piece of rock. He probably used different tools such as saw, cutter, a chisel, or mallet, or a hammer in order to get his job done on the day. And after the job was done, he looked at the piece of rock and that was turned into a beautiful object of his own interest and his own desire. And he also looked at the junk, of junk material that was cut and removed from the original piece in order to prepare or get this masterpiece that of his own desire. And that junk was so huge. You know, sometime he also found the junk material was more than what is left out in his hands. But he had to work harder and harder in order to remove all the junk material from the original rock piece in order to bring something which is beautiful, which is of his own desire. Then he took the masterpiece or his handiwork and he put it in a place where people can see and people can honor his work. In the same way, if you turn into our lives, our lives and look at our lives, our lives were just junk or it was so raw, the same way he cut the piece of rock from the rock with the dirt everywhere, with a lot of sharp edges in our lives, shapeless. If anyone would have touched our lives, probably he or she is going to bleed because there are so many sharp edges in our lives. Not of any hope, total hopelessness, but our creator found value in us. You know, before I accepted Lord Jesus Christ, there was nothing good found in me. I was not of any use to anyone. I was just lying there, unnoticed, unidentified, worth of nothing. Now, most of you can testify today the same thing that I was, my life was once upon a time, it was like this. But our Creator found value in you and me. Psalm 40, verse 2 says, He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the murray clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He brought you and me out of the murray clay. We were dirty everywhere. Nobody can touch us. Nobody can deal with us. But because we were so rejected by people, but our creator found value in us. And he took us into his fold. And according to Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He washed us with his own blood. Then he started working on our lives, according to Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. He started working in our lives. And today, even he continued to work in our lives. He has been working in our lives a number of years. For some of us, maybe just a few years. Some of us, maybe it is 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, and even 80 years before we are made into a masterpiece. God is relentless. He's continuing to work in our lives without giving up. 
God has given us enough time on this earth. And I was thinking on the other day, why do we have such a short span of life? Every year we celebrate birthday and then we, get in, we, get a, we add another year to our lives. And that doesn't really sound, speaks good. We are losing one year. And why we have such a short span of life on this earth? And I believe God has given us sufficient time, just enough time on this earth so that he can prepare us as a masterpiece of his own image. And once it is done, once we are done, he doesn't keep us anymore on this earth. He will take us into our eternal home. So he has given us just sufficient number of days for us to live on us on this earth. And that is just sufficient for us to be created as a masterpiece. And then we don't belong to this world. We belong to the eternity. And this world is a temporary workstation used to remove the draws out of us. This world is a temporary workstation or craftsman workshop or workbench to chip and chisel the junk out of us. We are just work in progress until we live on this earth. God continues to work every day in and day out until we live on this earth. And at times it is painful. When the tools are applied to our life, our lives, it's not so easy to be created in his own image, to be transformed into his own image. It is very difficult. But as we saw in the video, when we gave our life to Jesus, we have committed to him, saying to him, Lord, you be Lord over my life. And God continues to work in our lives. And this morning, I just want to talk about a couple of things that God uses as a tool in our lives. At least three of them. God uses his word to work in our lives. God uses people to work in our lives. And also God uses circumstances to make us and to mold us. Number one, God's word is used to make us and to mold us into the image of his son, Lord Jesus Christ. God's word provides us the truth in which we need to grow, is it not? God's word is the truth, and we learn the truth, and we learn the word of God, and we grow in the word of God, and eventually we are transformed into his own image. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, scripture says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is sharper than two-edged sword, piercing our hearts, soul and spirit, dividing soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow. God's word is a powerful weapon, powerful tool God uses today to make you and me as his own masterpiece. You know how much we allow God's word to work in our lives. You know at times when the God of word, word of God comes towards us. Are we able to accept that the word of God is to me. God is speaking to me. It's not for somebody else. It is to me. God is dealing with me. And this morning God is telling us. That I want you to become a masterpiece. 
of, of my own image. And it doesn't happen all of a sudden. Because if you just for take a moment to look into our own life, how do we compare our own life with his son Jesus Christ? Some of our characters, some of our behaviors, we know for ourselves that is in no way comparable with how our Lord Jesus or what our Lord Jesus Christ is. Our God is working harder and harder in our lives so that our lives will be transformed to the image of his son. And the first weapon or the tool that God uses in our lives is the word of God. Number two, God uses people to make us and to mold us. God's people provide the support that we need to, to grow in the Lord today. The reason why we need to be around children of God is God's people provide feedback and they strengthen us, they, they support us, and they give us help for us to grow in the Lord. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, Proverbs 27 verse 17, As iron sharpens iron, so man sharpens the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 27, 17. You know how much true this scripture is. The reason why I want to be found with somebody who follows the Lord is because of the scripture as iron sharpens iron. You know, today God has given us a couple of people in our hands just for only reason. The reason is for them to work in our lives. You know, Job, during... The time of his trials, three friends came to him, if you remember, to comfort him. And Job calls them as miserable comforters. He calls them as miserable comforters in Job chapter 16, verse 2. He says this exactly. They are miserable comforters. You know, his friends, they wrongly understood him. They were so judgmental. They were so accusing in nature. He had such a friends in his life. They came all the way, you know, just to accuse him. They came all the way to ridicule him and to tell him, as you deserve all that you are going through now. You know, at times, God brings such a friends in our lives. We wonder why God brought somebody else in our lives. We don't realize at that moment. But we need to admit the fact that God is chiseling us. He is chipping some of those sharpets from our lives so that we can become his masterpiece. God sends people on our way so to hit on the sharp edges of our lives so that they will be smoothened. Maybe in our workplace. Maybe in our church. Maybe in our community. Maybe within our own family. God has allowed somebody and their job is keep doing it. Keep doing it until the sharp edge is removed. Have you seen some people like that? Have you come across such people? Right? You, in spite of telling them, don't do it, they'll keep doing it. And you wonder at times, why God allows such people in my life? They keep doing that. And their job is just to do that. Why? God is allowing them in our lives so that some of the sharp edges will be removed. Every day morning you go to the job and that person comes and stand in, stands in front of you. Right? And he asks just a few words and we are down for the whole day. Why? God is working in your life. God is removing, trying to remove that sharp edge in our life. God uses people in our life. When someone comes and something happens, we don't need to worry about it. And we need to understand what God is trying to tell us. God is trying to get something best out of us. 
Thirdly, God used the circumstances to provide the environment where we can practice Christ-likeness. God deals with us through circumstances. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. Scripture says, Romans 5, 3 and 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Tribulations and trials, the difficult circumstances in our lives, they are kept for good. They are kept for good. We learn something from those situations. God teaches us. God shapes us through circumstances. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10. Isaiah 48, verse 10. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. You know, sometimes we feel that the day I was born in this world, until this day, I've been going through trouble. Don't you say that at times? The day when I came to this world, until this time, point of time, you know, Job at some point of time, he started cursing the day in which he was born. Don't we do that at times when things are overwhelming and we are not able to control the situations and surrounding when we feel that we don't have any control over what is going on in our lives? Don't we even say that? But God's, God says to you today morning, I have refined you, not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. You know, some of us may be going through trouble in our lives all along, but remember, God is trying to get something best out of it. No matter how much you pray, God is not going to take you out of this world. At times when we pray, Lord, it's enough like Elijah, as if we had done great things like Elijah. We pray that, Lord, take my life away, Lord. It is enough all that I had on this earth. God will not do it. No matter how much you try for it, God will not do it because God is still working in your life. God is still preparing something that is pleasing, that will eventually come out good. God is considering us so good. James chapter 1, 2, and 2 to 4. Let's read James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. James writes, and he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, some of us are impatient, right? We want to happen things yesterday. Right? We don't want to even happen things now. We want to happen things yesterday. And scripture says here, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, according to God's point of view. In God's eyes, one day we will become perfect. And until then, God tests us. God doesn't test us, but God allows us to go through tests and trials. And we learn patience. It is not only enough if you study God's word. You know, today people think that I can study in isolation. I can pray in isolation. And I can be transformed into the image of God. We need people around us to work in our lives. You know, God brings 
people in our lives so that they can work in our lives and our lives will be eventually transformed. God works through his word. God works through people in our lives. And also God brings us, takes us to different circumstances so that we will learn something from there. Our sharp edges will be removed. God Almighty is working in our lives. You know, that's why the spiritual maturity or Christ-likeness does not come if we keep ourselves shut, just studying God's word and praying to God. That's the reason we need a church. That's the reason we need a community. That's the reason we need to work in a workplace where God still continues to work in our lives until we are transformed to his own image. God is working on our lives. You know, when the broken pieces of the rock get carried away by the forest flood, they rub against big rocks and get removed all the sharp edges. And eventually, they turn into a beautiful pebble. The cut pieces from the rock are the broken pieces from the big rock, the mountain. They get carried away by the forest flood. And as they roll and roll years after year and hit on other rocks, all the sharp edges will be removed. And that's how the pebbles are formed. Pebbles are not just made, not just, it doesn't come like that. They are made over a period of time. God is working in our lives. What is the ultimate objective of God doing that in our lives? Why God is doing such things? Number one, to become like Christ. To become like Christ, Romans 8.29, scripture says, Romans 8.29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God has predestined, God has already found us, chosen us to become the image, into the image of his son, Lord Jesus Christ. So God is working in our lives so that we will become Christ-like. Christ-like. You know, I have noticed some of the old some of the very aged men and women of God. Have you seen the joy in their face? Have you seen the way they talk? Have you seen the way they move? Have you seen the maturity? They look like Christ Jesus in their lives. They have gone through so much in their lifetime and now they are just ready to be caught up into the heavens. God made people just like that, eventually to become like Christ. Number two, to be used as a vessel of honor. To be used as a vessel of honor. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. Word of God says, beautiful scriptures. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Verse 21. Therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the later, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. God works in our lives. Word of God works in our lives. Today, people are sent into our lives and they bring all the damage to our lives and eventually, we end up in becoming Christ-like and we end up in becoming a vessel that will be eventually used by our master for the desire of our Lord. Number three, to bear fruit. To bear fruit, Galatians chapter 5, we read the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. Galatians chapter 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How do we get this? Where do we get this? God made everything. God found everything when God created Adam and Eve. And for a few days, they lost everything in their lives. And today, you and I, when we are born in this world, we do not have all this. How God can install all this in our lives? The one things which we lost in our lives, our forefathers lost. God had to work all along our lives as we live on this earth. That's the reason God has given us life on this earth. Otherwise, God would have taken us into the eternity. We can live with angels in heaven, but we are not equipped, we are not enough. To live with angels, we are in the heavenly realms. We are kept in a temporary workplace, workstation on this earth. And God is working on our lives. Eventually, we will start bearing those fruits that God expects in our lives. John 15, 5, scripture says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. This morning, God is telling us to abide in him. Abide in him. Let's close with this beautiful scripture in 2 Peter 1, 5-11. 2 Peter 1, 5-11. Peter writes here. And he says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, Self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God has an ultimate objective of working in our lives so that we will become Christ-like. We will be of vessels of honor used by the master for his own purpose and we will start bearing fruit when we live on this earth. And this, eve, this morning, God is telling us that you and I are not ordinary people. God's eyes have found us even before we were formed in the womb of our mothers. And this morning, God is working in our lives to bring us to become a masterpiece. As God says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's close with the word of prayer this morning. And I believe, putting all this together, what we have gone through, during past two hours in this place. And I strongly believe that God has a message to tell you this morning. That we are here not without any reason. We are here on this earth today with a purpose of becoming Christ-like. With the purpose of becoming his own masterpiece. And as God continued to work in our lives,
God is expecting you and me to yield to him. At times it is hard. At times it is tough to understand why things are happening only to me, not to somebody else. Why things are happening only to me as I follow God, but someone else who is not at all following God. Things are happening very well in their lives. Everything is going well, but why it is in my life? The simple answer is, we are his workmanship. We are willing to yield our lives for him to continue to work in our lives, but that somebody else is not. Somebody else is not. Our raw nature, our raw character and behavior cannot enter into the kingdom of God because word of God very clearly says, sin does not inherit the kingdom of God. And this morning, God had to continue to work in our lives until he is done with us. Until the dross is removed, until the junk is removed out of us, he continues to chip us and chisel us. And he does everything that he can do in our lives so that our image will be transformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Is it not the call in your life? Is it not the call that God has called you with? And why do we worry about things in our lives? Why do we worry about things happening or not happening? Why do we worry about the circumstances? Why do we worry about what we have or we don't have? God has an ultimate purpose in our lives or making us of making us into the image of Christ-likeness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the only reason. That's the same reason God has called us to follow him. Not to really bless us with material blessing. Material blessing will follow us. Not to really give us prosperity and to make us happy in every area. No, not at all. That was not the intention of God in our lives. God's intention is to make us and to mold us until we become like Christ. Until then, God is not done with us. This morning, God is speaking to you. The question is, are we willing? Are we willing? Are we allowing God to work in our lives? He's very gentle. He stands and knocks the door. He's very gentle. He calls us, my son, my daughter. He asks us, do you love me? Do you follow me still? Do you want me to continue to work in our lives? Or you think that it is harder for you and you just want to walk away from me? This morning God is asking you. We need to answer to God. And we need to tell him, Lord, work in my life. Chisel me, Lord, and take things out of my life so that I may be transformed into the image of God. This morning, shall we surrender our life to him and ask him, Lord, I need grace. I need strength, Lord. At times, Lord, I overreact and tell you that, oh God, you stop doing it to me, Lord. Why do you do it, Lord? We ask questions, but this morning, give me patience. Give me grace, Lord, to go through what you want me to go through, Lord. All that I know is, Lord, it is a temporary living that I have on this earth, but the eternity is everlasting. It is going to come one day and it, is never, it will never fade away. We will live with him forever and ever. And if for that to happen, we need to go through what we are going through on this earth.